Welcome, and thank you for pressing play. I'm Crystal Bergfield, and this is Back to School with Crystal Bergfield. Throughout history, great teachers have stepped forward to help show us the way to coexist in society. They have urged us to consider our role in community. Just like those teachers, I am offering up my knowledge and experience to contribute to a just, responsible, and innovative United States. Through storytelling, interviews, and in-depth discussions, I will dive into the issues that plague our society and highlight new ideas that could contribute to a healthy nation. This podcast is part of a larger curriculum to educate Americans about our society. Find your seat, take a breath, and prepare to expand your mind, your heart, and your reality. Hello, friends, and welcome back to school. This week, we've been focusing on how we stack up around the world pertaining to our jobs and the benefits they offer. Today, I'm joined by my friend, Tori Rarick. She is a doctor of pharmacy, a mindset coach, a wife, and a mother. Tori is going to share her experience of not having maternity leave with us today. And before my male listeners check out, please stay. Chances are you have a mom. And chances are your mom didn't have paid maternity leave. If you have a wife, a sister, or a daughter, maternity leave is something that may affect them one day. Check out this statistic. Out of 193 countries in the United Nations, only a small handful do not have paid maternity leave as a national law. This includes New Guinea, Suriname, a few South Pacific Island nations, and the United States. And at least 50 countries now provide six months or more of paid maternity leave. Y'all, we are in the negative. We got to catch up. Let's listen to a story today with Tori and learn more about why we need to catch up. So let's get into it. Tori, welcome to my podcast. Thank you for taking your time to share your story today. Um, Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bright and early, but that's how moms do it, right? Exactly. You do what you got to do, but women in general um, running this country and and doing business and balancing a household and um, taking care of kids, that's what you do. So Tori, can you share a little bit about your experience of becoming a mom and tell me about being a mom? Yes, of course. I had a great experience start to finish. Um, I had a wonderful pregnancy. I had an amazing support system. I ended up choosing a birth center here in Colorado who helped educate me and my husband on what it was going to take to have a baby. And so I felt very comfortable going into the birthing process. And that ended up being pretty magical as well. It was an all natural water birth. I actually have a podcast on the birth hour. So if you're interested in the details of the birth, find that after this podcast. Honestly, things went really great for me. And luckily... Blessedly, I had a healthy pregnancy, birth, and a healthy baby at the end of everything, and he's continued to stay healthy throughout his years. And so, although I didn't step up right away when you asked for guests on this show because I didn't have a particularly trying time, I think that's also a really great example as to why 
I'm, I'm so in the clear and I'm so blessed because things went really right for me, which isn't always the case. So um, I had a great experience, to be honest. Tell me about, you, you mentioned that you had, you went to a birth center and they educated you. Mm-hmm. Was this something that was in, included in your insurance plan or is that something that you sought out on your own? Um, about 50-50. So this particular birthing center has been so established and they work with mothers on every pay scale, the, the best insurance and, and the ones without. And so they did a really good job providing the services that they could. Luckily, my insurance did cover some of the additional classes. Um, there were a few that were optional or that would have had to be paid out of pocket. So I, I felt very lucky in that regard that I didn't have to skip any of that. And I felt very informed. Um, but I, I know that's not always the case. And depending on where you choose to birth, um, they may or may not have that education available. And yeah, basically some of it was mandatory, which I was surprised by. But honestly, um, we had moved out to Colorado without, you know, miles away from my family back in Minnesota and my husband's family. So to have that little bit of comfort was really important to me. That's really amazing that you had that opportunity. I had the opportunity to intern in labor and delivery when I was in high school, which, you know, it's been 20 years ago. (laughs) Um, But in doing that, I was able to see, at least in the Midwest, what options were available Mm -hmm. and um, what was included in in, uh, the birthing process, in the pregnancy process. And it sounds like, um, at least here in Colorado, things have come a long way (laughs) from that 20 years ago. Yes, I definitely sought out that center in particular because they are so big on the maternal care and education and all of that. And how about the paternal care? Did they invite your husband in? And Yes, yes. Um, so some of the classes, it was required for someone to come with you. Of course, not everyone uh, might have a partner to bring along, but you know, a doula, a friend, anyone, any support system who might be there at the birth, they definitely encourage them to be there alongside you. So we felt really great as a team um, going into the birth as well. That's awesome. And so I hear you say it was a team. Tell me, tell me about that. And even, um, can you share a little bit about your decision to have your child and, and that being a team? Yes. Um, so I finished, I was, uh, finishing up pharmacy school. And so the last year it's all interning and I really had to make a decision if I was going to go on and do some post-graduation education or for me, if I wanted to have a child, of course people do both, but I, I was not in that realm. So for me, it was like, it's baby time. And so we had that discussion and he said, it's baby time too. So we started trying to conceive and it was kind of hard with scheduling, but we got it. And basically from there, we just took it day by day, um, phase by phase with learning about how the baby was growing and what we needed to do next. So, you know, before you have a baby, you're probably really not researching much in depth what's involved and even things for boys are different than girls. So then when we found out we were having a boy, the circumcision conversation came up. And so Nate and I, my husband are kind of a 50, 50 sort of couple. We really try to involve each other in conversations and processes that we do individually. And so all of these conversations and decisions we were making really brought us together and and we decided together. That's really, that's amazing, Tori. (laughs) It really is. 
Right. And I, and I agree because even postpartum going to mom's groups, that's not always the dynamic. And so talking to you today, Crystal, I know I might have sort of a unique case and maybe not, but it's, it's interesting to share my story because I know there are such a variety of ways that this whole dynamic could go. And so um, I'm happy to share my story though. Excellent. Well, let's get into that. So you you got pregnant, you're, you go through the whole pregnancy and you said it was a lovely experience for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had baby and you came home. So can you tell um, tell me and the audience, how was that in, in coming home? Of course, of course, of course, it was a transition. So again, um, our family wasn't here. We moved across the country. And so the birth center was a place I chose specifically because I enjoyed how they handled postpartum care. You are actually able to go home. I think it's within four hours as long as everyone checks out healthy. So we did. And I had my son at 10 and I think we were home at two. That was kind of strange because it wasn't anything our families had understood or known before. Um, but again, we felt so comfortable with the education we received beforehand. And that was an important piece of being able to go home right away. So it was really nice to just hang out as our new family of four. We have a chocolate lab who we consider part of the family too. So all four of us hanging out, living life, understanding how our life was going to be from then on. Of course, there were some hiccups, the hormones, um, the challenges that all started coming to a head, but, uh, the birth center stayed in contact. We followed up with them in two days. And so we felt taken care of and that we could call them at any time. So you were able to come home within four hours. Wow. Number one. (laughs) Um, and again, it sounds like because you had such a beautiful natural birth that you felt healthy enough to come home and to bring a new baby home and come home with your husband in doing so. Can you tell us about the first few weeks that you were home with this new child and and what that means? You know, I know that for you, it, it may have been um, a more natural process and that you had that education, mm-hmm. um, but it was probably still a, a bit of a shock um, and yes. a change. <laughs> 100%. Uh, you know, I've, I've accomplished a lot in this lifetime. I've done a lot of things. And to this day, I say that breastfeeding was the hardest thing I've ever done. I needed so much support around that. It, it, you think it would be natural and easy. And the rest of my experience really was. But when it came to the latching and figuring that out, it was, uh, I was up at all hours crying. Um, I, I can't even really portray to you how difficult that time was. Granted, all of the things, were, most of the things were working in my favor. So just even for this one thing to be a big challenge, was difficult. Um, and again, I had a supportive spouse who was up with me at 4am telling me it was going to be okay. And what can we do? So it was a big transition. And since my family wasn't here, of course they came out to visit and all of that, but I ended up, uh, finding a mom's group in town and Rex and I would, my son would walk down there and just try and be in the presence of mothers and, um, a doula who was healing and had advice for us and words of comfort basically to gather together. And so that was my lifeline. Uh, it got me out of the house. It helped me to understand what I was going through was somewhat normal. Yeah. It was a big transition. And so in this huge challenge of breastfeeding, and, and let's be clear, um, and I'm no expert, but I have been able to witness many moms going through that process of breastfeeding and even clogged um, ducts in their breasts and, mm-hmm. and, and that 
that painful process. Can you share with me the extent of time that you're spending in, on breastfeeding and, and what that does to your sleep schedule and, and then, of course, to your humanity or, or being able to function as a human being um, right. while going through all of that? I mean, it really felt like 24-7 at first. If he wasn't sleeping, he was eating or trying to latch or falling asleep on the breast. And everything is so new. You don't know if you're doing something right or wrong. And then one book tells you to do this, but your baby likes this better. And so it's just a stressful time, to be honest. Um, Lots of support needed. And so it was all day, every day, really, in the beginning. Um, And being right next to him... And even allowing myself to sleep, he'd want to stay latched. And so we did co-sleeping, which I think made it easier for me because he learned to latch whenever he needed. I didn't have to be so conscious about it, but big challenge for sure. So let's get into the maternity leave, right? So um, can you clarify for me, you said that you did not have maternity leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So what did that look like for you in transitioning back to work? And you you could even talk about the the financial burden if there was, if you felt like you needed to go back right away, or did you feel like you had the space and the time to take? Um, Okay. So for us, we had to plan out maternity leave um, because I was actually working part-time at a pharmacy. So I wasn't offered maternity leave. Um, she was, my boss was very flexible about when, when I wanted to come back, she would have extended the time. However, unpaid, I felt the pressure to go back quite quickly. So my husband ended up taking, I think just a week off of work. I I don't think it was two. Um, I I believe it was just a week. Um, he, he's in construction. So he was right back there. It was nice to have that time together, but he went right back. And then I believe my mom came out and then my friend. So I felt like I had support, but, um, and then my doula as well. But then I chose to go back at six weeks. I had a natural vaginal birth. Everything went well. And so I just, I cut it to that minimum and thought I better get back at it because by the time maternity leave was over, our savings was pretty much depleted. And so even though I wanted to stay home longer, the trade-off for me was that I was part-time. And so spending, you know, a couple days with him at home and then getting back into work wasn't such a stretch for me. But then again, that was pharmacist salary. And so of course I wanted to stay home with him. So we went through the process of finding a nanny and all of that, uh, since we didn't have family here in order to make that transition a little smoother. So in transitioning back to work, tell me about that. Um, How was it to leave your new baby um, Mm -hmm. and to still be in that space of, I'm I'm sure that there was, that you were still breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in that process of still being somebody's food source and and having to be away during the day and, and what does that look like or feel like? Pumping was also one of my worst enemies. Like more than I hated the latching at first of the breastfeeding, I hated pumping even more. Um, so, you know, but you do what you got to do. I obviously wanted him to have milk at home and from me since I could produce it. And so that became part of my routine at work to have to pump a couple of times a day and step away. And, you know, pharmacies are typically busy retail for sure. So that was a new transition to manage as well. Emotional wise, of course, it was it was tough to leave him, but I felt very comfortable with the nanny. She kept me updated throughout the day. And of course, it was only a couple times a week. So I felt comfortable with that transition. But um, again, still regulating myself, my hormones. And of course, this pumping thing was quite new as well. 
Tori, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you are a mindset coach. <laughs> so nice. I'm sure that you've got a, a very clear head and a clear space there. But was there any mental strain, I guess, for you in being at work, thinking about your child? Was there anything for you in that space or, or did you have that all together? No, of course, ideas and thoughts came up, but I had been practicing really strong mindfulness for a couple of years and definitely specific to pregnancy and birth. Um, I loved a book that I read postpartum. It's called The Fourth Trimester. That had a lot of insight on how important it is to rest and be home with baby and how they're really um, getting to know us in that time after birth, of course. It's not just, you know, birth is the exciting part, but then there's a big healing and transition after that. So I just felt that I had a lot of skills to cope, but of course I had a lot of support as well. I was always texting my doula, who was also my friend and mother of two. So to have her on the line pretty much at all times helped me feel supported and, and helped with the transition. Tori, since you are a mindset coach and you have been through this process of becoming a mother, do you have any tips for those? Um, I would say specifically for those who don't have the time to stay at home for you know up to six months, which some nations do have that for women. Um, but here in the United States, we don't have that. So I'm wondering, do you have any tips that you could share with women who have to go back to work? Maybe some mindset tips or maybe some calming exercises or um, or whatever comes up for you. For sure. I mean, breathing, there doesn't have to be a specific way. You can always take it farther, but taking a moment to breathe, whether that's when you're with your newborn or when you have a moment alone at work or you're exactly doing your work, if you can just take a moment to breathe and find presence, I find that was really helpful for me. Even going through the thick of the, the breastfeeding struggles, it was like, just come into the moment and recognize my blessings, but it's so terribly hard when you're in it. I understand. Um, and then as far as, you know, going back to work and not having that time with your child, even though you desire it or whatever, for me, really making sure that where I placed him, the nanny he was with, all of that, that I had good feelings about it. I wasn't about to send him anywhere that I wasn't comfortable with. And so just reassuring myself of the people that he was in the hands of and trusting them, um, reminding myself that that was helpful too. Mm. Thank you for sharing those few little tips. Pregnancy and childbirth isn't just an issue. Of, it's not just a personal issue. And I've been bringing this up over the last few weeks of how, you know, community really, they are our foundation. And without community, we would not exist as Americans. When a woman has a child and brings that child into the world, yes, she's growing her family. She and her partner are growing their family, but she's also bringing in our next generation for Americans. And that that's one thing that I've really been trying to drive home because here in the United States, we're very individualistic and we think about the family as an individual unit. But I, I want to point out again that without families having children, we would eventually die out as a nation. If we don't continue to have children, the nation does not continue to grow. <laughs> That's how it goes, right? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. That's why it's so important for us to think about. And and that's what other nations have thought about and why that they need maternity leave because women are bringing in this next generation. And so I just mm -hmm. wanted to reiterate that for the listeners 
that this is why it's important, not just because Tori was bringing in a new child for her family, but her son will one day be a productive member of society. And so to give women the space to heal, to bond with the child, and to really give the child a step up in their new space in the world, it, mm-hmm. it's vital for us to do, mm-hmm. to take care of women. Right. And that time postpartum is so crucial um, for the bonding and for the development and all of that. And so if that's felt rushed or disorderly in any way, then that can definitely disrupt the trajectory. So it's it's definitely important. And I do want to mention, as you're saying, community is so important. You know, me moving out here, feeling so independent, away from family. I've got this. I can do this. At the end of the day, I ended up going out to seek community and seek mm, sisterhood. Yes. So um, it definitely takes community. Absolutely. Thank you. And so for Tori, her experience is one of of her environment and and how she developed as a human being and as a woman. And so being a doctor of pharmacy, being a mindset coach, that all affected her pregnancy. And and certainly the support that she had, it affected her pregnancy, it affected her postpartum and even the bonding with her son. I just want to recognize those listeners that don't have that and aren't in the same situation as Tori. And yet here you are, you're, you're are bringing a new child into this world and supporting our nation really in your individual pursuits. And so I just want to acknowledge that the, especially for those who don't have access to paid maternity leave, that's why we're doing this podcast today because I want to support you in the, that way. And I want to get the need out there so that people understand that this is a need. This isn't a luxury. Um, it is a luxury here in the United States, but it really truly is a need. And when out of 193 nations, there are only a handful that don't offer maternity leave. That should get us thinking here in the United States. So this is something that's important and something that we should value. If we value families and, and our fellow Americans, this is something that we should be talking about and valuing. Tori, let's look into the reflection of it. And if you could share, you know, why is it as, as a woman who's gone through childbirth and postpartum and now raising a son in this world, why is it important that we have paid maternity leave? So I think the number one reason that it's important to have paid maternity leave is to honor the process and the human that you've just met because, you know, we don't go through pregnancy and birth to be rushed out and placed back into the work environment. Um, and it's so difficult because that's really where our value is placed is, is the money. And I think it's important to value the growth of the nation and the growth of this new generation, just exactly what you were saying. And so if a mother doesn't have maternity leave, she's sort of forced to make a decision there. Do I go into debt? Do I even have that option to um, extend this in any way? Because the bond and not even the bond between mother and baby, which is extremely important, but the healing process for the mother, this is like a major, major transition. Who does that? Who goes out, plants a body, grows it, has it, and then just returns back to normalcy. Things are never normal again. There's a new normal that's established there. And so um, for one, the bond with baby and that that nurturing aspect is so important, but the, for the mother to be able to heal is equally as important for her to return to work healthy because there are so many small changes that are made and big changes that are made within her body and her mind and how she operates. 
um, just to return after a couple weeks and not really honor that transition is a big deal. So for multiple reasons, I think it's very important that a mother is supported for months postpartum. So she's able to heal, baby's able to bond and that stress of financially supporting herself or um, the family or whatever isn't, isn't a burden. And you mentioned having that time for this new bond. And I just want to kind of bring that into real life for those who haven't had a child. If you've ever been in a relationship, think about the beginning of your relationship. I know personally, and and I've reflected in others around me, in new relationships, often we kind of turn off the outside world and we're so in love with this new person. And it could be months before we resurface (laughs) to to see our other friends. Um, So imagine, if you will than um, having this new relationship where it's not just some stranger that you've met um, online or out at a bar and and you're cultivating a a relationship there, but this is a relationship that you're cultivating that you also grew. And so I just wanted to bring an honoring and and space to that, which you said, Tori, about bonding with this this new being that you brought in. That's phenomenal. You made you you made you made this choice to have this baby, and it's like you want to do it well, and so to be supported in all of the ways possible to do it well is is important. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, your husband sounds like a super supportive guy, and he went with you to all of these classes, and was there for the birth. If you've had those discussions, how was it for him to transition to be a father and to take on that new responsibility? Well, right. There's always that struggle in the beginning. It's like, okay, so he gets, he's going back to work. He's going to go ahead and go back, but who wakes up in the middle of the night? He's still not sleeping as typical as he would. So I stayed home for the six weeks and I was doing the primary caregiving. He's still supporting me. He's still coming home, dropping everything and helping out. So even though he went back to work, he's forever changed as well. And so um, I think that's important to consider as far as paternity leave is he wasn't getting enough sleep and um, he's changed as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that often we don't talk about the changes that happen to the men. Thank you for sharing that, Tori. And thank you for sharing today to share your story about becoming a mom and what that entails and why it's important that we have that space. Tori, could you give us a little pitch about what you're doing and how people can connect with you? What is it that you're doing out in the world that you're proud of and that you want to share? Oh, awesome. Okay. Well, like Crystal said, I've recently transitioned from working in the pharmacy industry into owning my own business as a mindset coach. And I really feel strongly about supporting health professionals, pharmacists in particular. Um, We don't have a lot of self-care. I find we're always overextending ourselves, um, whether or not that's part of our nature or part of the industry. I think they kind of go hand in hand. So I really work with professionals to help them to perform enough self care that the work-life balance begins to even out. And so I'm really passionate about that because the burnout rates are so high. And especially after becoming a mother, it was really hard to find where I was putting my time and what was important to me. So to stay healthy in the mind was really important. And I want to support women that are seeking that. And I also work at a cannabis, a CBD store here in in Boulder. And so I, I love merging the worlds kind of as Crystal's doing as well and just 
being very holistic and integrative. So even though I understand and support Western medicine, I'm, I'm so interested in learning about integrative therapies as well. That's a whole nother podcast yeah, <laughs> to be able sure. to get into, but I think it's beautiful that you are, you know, you are a doctor of pharmacy and you also see the value in, in cannabis and its natural healing properties. So, yeah. um, so kudos to you for being an advocate. <laughs> Thanks. Tori, thank you so much for spending your early morning with me and sharing a story so that we can all begin to connect. And as I have been sharing on this podcast, this is really about us opening our hearts, expanding our minds and our realities so that we can understand that at the end of the day, as Americans, we are all much more alike than we are different. And we all have those same basic human needs. Again, Tori, thank you for sharing your morning with me and for sharing your story. Thank you for this platform, Crystal. I'm excited to see what you do in 2019. All right, folks. So that was Tori Rarick. Today's podcast was not only a story for you all to connect, but it was also an honoring of women. Women are creators. And without women in this country, without women in this world, let's be honest, there would not be a world. We are the ones who bring new life into this world with the support of all around us and those who choose to be a part of our community and our families. So today, this podcast may honor those women who have raised children without paid maternity leave. May it honor those women who are trying to make those decisions about bringing a child into this world and exploring what that means. And so for reflection today, I'd like to ask you to reflect on maybe your experience, maybe a friend's or a spouse's experience, maybe your mother's experience in bringing a child into the world. Ask somebody about their birthing process and the changes that occurred in just becoming a mother and just <laughs> in becoming a mother. And then I'd like you to to reflect on really, yes, a, a, a judgment of our, of our government. The fact that we have 193 nations as a part of the United Nations and only a handful not providing paid maternity leave. How does that fit with you? Does that feel like something that you value? Do you feel like your value is more than you're being given? If you have a story to share, I would love to hear it. Reflect on those things. Connect with somebody who is a part of your community and who has brought a child into this world and honor them. This is Women's History Month. So I would ask you to honor them, if only for a day, if only for a month. Give them some honoring and send them some love today. This has been Fireside Chats with Crystal. Thank you for taking your precious time to invest in yourself, your community, and our country. Now go out there and shine, baby, shine. Our country needs us now more than ever. If you like what you heard, please check out the curriculum link and dive into more learning already live. Then head over to my website and donate to the cause. I'm offering my curriculum for free. So it's up to you to see the value in what I'm doing and support your girl along the way.